0: Welcome to the podcast, Moving Through Fear, where we explore the role fear has in leading us toward what's most important. I'm Craig Strong, photographer, inventor, and co-founder of Lensbaby Inc. Along the way, I've met a lot of amazing people who've learned a great deal about how to live life well. In these one-on-one conversations, we explore the role fear and negative emotions have played in, of all things, making life better. Craig Strong here with Lens Baby to talk with Rachel Chomsky today. Rachel is a professional photographer living in Detroit, Michigan, and Rachel has embraced life and knows something about moving through fear to discover what's on the other side. Um, so today I want to talk about that, and that relates to Lens Baby's mission statement, which is we empower artists to move through fear to discover extraordinary creative freedom. So hello, Rachel. Hi. So How nice.
1: You? To see, thank you for having me. So nice to be here. I'm good.
0: Yeah, good. So I, I'm, I put this statement out to you and said I wanted to talk and you jumped on the opportunity. What about this statement about moving through fear uh, to find your creative freedom? What about that resonates for you?
1: Um, I mean, you had me at the word freedom. I <laughs> I, I, as you know, grew up in a religious cult, and um, there's a lot that I could say about the of that. But um, most of my fear was sort of more about my 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 upbringing, my child, my early childhood development, and that kind of thing. Um, but yeah, when you said that, I, I started to think about it. I thought. When you when you put the, put that whole phrase out there, I started to really think about what um, what my fears are, what they're rooted in, and so that's kind of where I've where I'm going to you know take this because I had a hard time thinking about it wasn't really um, I don't have fear wrapped up in the cult anymore like that to that degree that wasn't part of my journey but there was other fear from early childhood that i I know that I still live with. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the things those that's the the fear that I want to talk about as it is more relatable to my everyday. Um, and something that people don't realize about um early childhood development is that you know traumatic things happen to children all 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 the time and, and adults will say oh well they you know they're resilient they'll bounce back kids always bounce back and They do, but you don't actually have any clue the lasting impact that that event can have on a child, whether you caused it on purpose or not. You know, there are so many things that can attribute to someone's fear. So on top of all that, on top of that, growing up in the 80s and, you know, oh, do we wear seatbelts? Do we need a car seat? Kind of crazy type of stuff that we were growing up with on top of that in the cult um, my father just didn't like children. He didn't mm. like noise. You know, I I I was always afraid of being around him. I don't remember a time when I wanted to be near my father. Mm. And so, yeah. <clears throat> Seriously, and I mean this—the <laughs> fact that I can say this and not cry about it, you know—is—is is, I mean, and it used to make me cry, and I realized it was because I felt guilty because I didn't, because I wasn't interested in him, but he did so much to push me away. He hurt the people I love the most um, more than he hurt me. And that hurt me in a different way. And so, yeah, I would say until we left him um, the the year right before I turned 10 um, until that time, I would say every day I lived in constant fear and what, Yeah. You know, um, stuff like being afraid to get up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, because if you were to wake the monster, you know, he's the best when he's sleeping. So stuff like that, you know, you get you develop bedwetting habits and we all kind of have had issues like that for a while. I mean, we were we were afraid of him all the time. Hmm. And yes, there were moments when he would be in a good mood nobody cared about nobody nobody cares that you were some that you were bipolar and sometimes in a good mood and didn't treat you know yourself nobody nobody wants any part of you once you've done those things Mm -hmm. so none of not i mean we're most of us are pretty much no contact with him for the most part um even if it's not like you know i'm not afraid of my father I mean, I even saw him a couple summers ago and it was like totally random and was unexpected. And I was just like, oh hey, and I I hugged him, whatever. He talked to me a little bit, <laughs> tried to explain the internet to me. I mean, I just he's <laughs> I'm not afraid of him. You know, he's done, he did his damage a long time ago. But what he left was anxiety, depression, CPTSD. And all of this stuff that um, for the longest time, I did not know that I had. And it was the reason I couldn't handle uh, everyday social situations that certain people handle just fine. You know, I tend to overreact or Hmm. have a panic attack. And I didn't know what those things were. I didn't know that that was what was going on with me. So in relation to... So, the, so there are negative impacts that fear has had on me. It, um, it has made me very distrusting of people, sort of from the beginning. Like I've had difficulties, uh, both trusting people and and not judging them from the beginning. Like I, I've had to have some serious self uh, reflection, therapy, and just understanding of what what's going on because of the way I was brought up and and taught to be this way. So I'm I've been unpeeling onion layers for a while. So with regards to like running a business and talking to people and and just having a photography life, I I felt on one hand it was easy for me to do because I can hide behind my camera. I don't like to be uh, the center of attention. I don't yeah. want to be the one everyone's photographing. I would rather hide. Mm-hmm. You know, when a guest has told me, have asked me if I were you at the ceremony, I didn't see you. I'm like, yes, you know, I'm <laughs> stealthy. I'm wearing black and I'm I'm wearing quiet shoes and I don't want to be seen. Um, so, but it's also, uh, it's me being really overcoming fears to walk, first of all, to walk walk into certain churches, but also to do my job. When I think at any time, everybody could be looking at me and I just have to pretend that they're not. Right. And they're really not, you know, but this is a genuine fear of mine. This has been, I used to have like full, almost full on panic attacks before almost every wedding for years. Hmm. And, um, we this was before I was in therapy and really understood a lot about what was going on with me, but like I would fall into it. my my husband would notice the pattern and he he would be helping me shoot most of my wedding. He helps me shoot most of my weddings, Um, and he would like recognize the pattern about it, and so he would just like do what he thought. He you know he was driving. We're just on the way to the wedding. I'm just like I can't do this today. I cannot shoot this one. Um even though I never messed one up, never messed one up, I just couldn't handle starting it. I just had this fear. And um, so, yeah, once he realized what was going on, not, not that it was a panic attack, we were still in, the, we were still like trying to figure all that out. He would just tell me, reassuring me with words. And it's the only time I ever needed to hear those words. Like, I don't, I'm not, words of affirmation are not, that's not my love language. It's nothing to do with that. He's just really just telling me like, remember, they hired you. You're good. You can do this. And so that was a genuine
0: problem for me for a long
1: time. And it was little stuff. Like I still could get hung up over any event that if I, I've set up some boundaries. I've stopped shooting with certain people for certain people. I have a safe I have safe people that I work with now and I make sure that I guard myself in every situation as much as possible because I know my triggers and I know what can hurt me. And if I'm not calm, then it's not going to be, you know, I, I can't, I can't be an artist. I can't be me. So, so yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of how it's played out in relation to my photography for my wedding business, um, there's a whole different side to my work, my creative side, and I'm going to get into that.
0: So, in so let me let me just yeah. comment. Um, that's that's an amazing story about uh, some really significant fears that have transferred over into things that affect you every day. And uh, good job. I am so you know honored to be able to talk to you about that and to have you share these things. Because, I mean, the way I, I'm i seeing this thread is that that fear of being noticed as a child because of what might happen really got you good at something that ser- has served you well in your career, which is to be able to um, not be noticed and to capture the, li- the world around you in a way that you're not influencing it. And um, that's that's. Pretty great. I mean, you actually took um a, a traumatic lesson that you learned that you, you know, I'm sure you wish to some extent you wouldn't have had to learn and you had applied it to your career.
1: I can't, I mean, I I know that I shouldn't have had to go through hell. Nobody should. Yeah. Nobody should have to. No one, no child should ever have to endure that this whole thick skin thing, or I had it worse. No, nobody should have to go through that. But it happened. And it gave me some really rare gifts, and I, you know, I might I can be emotional. I'm going to try to rein this in. I know we've all talked about that sweet girl, Gabby. That was just such an unfortunate, horrible situation. What came out from her de- tragic death? Was a bunch of people enraged that we don't teach our girls to leave abusive situations and I'm that's not the message that mm-hmm. we should be sending um
0: mm-hmm.
1: you can't my mom grew up in a really loving home she you know her parents had a great marriage and she still fell in love with my dad as a teenager married him at 18 became a mother at 19 you just have no clue how difficult it can be to get out of an abusive relationship you don't even know you're in one sometimes, mm-hmm. and i'm the gift I took one of the gifts I took was I can spot a controlling man from a mile away, and I would never never ever let myself be in a situation like that uh-huh. um and i i'm but I'm here to defend any victim and any person that says. You should just leave. You don't know what you're talking about. It isn't like that. It isn't like that for, especially in these religions, because the women are, it's almost like it's a, it's a mortal sin for a woman to leave her husband, not, not the other way around, Right. but it's right. more so that, but it's more so that women end up breaking away because they're all being controlled. So that's another genuine fear of mine. Men in general, I'm way more cautious to, you know, trust um, <clears> them <throat> in a, in any capacity, in any type of relationship. I'm just like, you know, my, my guard is always up. Um, and I'm just like shaking, talking about it. Like, this is, a, again, this is a, something I'm overcoming to even talk about this. This is, you know, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to have all these fears, but I know, I know enough about how things work that I can't really be another way. I can't turn that off. And well, it's really hard sometimes in, in our industry yeah. and that has come up.
0: Yeah. I'll bet. And,
1: yeah. You know, and that, that's a whole other conversation that isn't part of this, but it, it definitely women working weddings have have challenges that we have to deal with that male photographers don't.
0: Yeah.
1: So yeah, I have to deal with it. Almost not every wedding, you know, it's not that dirty, but mm-hmm. yeah. Wow, it can, it can be. Well, it is. It, it is something that
0: I haven't seen because I'm in a spot that that I, you know, it's foreign to me. So I appreciate you sharing that uh, kind of big picture view. Um, you talked about the way that your career has has, um, been influenced by, you know, one is, is wanting to be a fly on the wall, wanting to not be noticed, um, and not, you know, and, and that that came out of uh, some of the trauma that you went through. Are there other ways that your fears have influenced what you've gone toward and learned?
1: Um, I will say the, I have a genuine fear of being controlled. Hmm. So I've, um, I have this personality of defying rules, not rules that are good rules that make sense, but rules that don't make sense. I have a really hard time respecting. So when we're talking about, you know, you can talk about wedding photography, fine, but I'm I'm really just talking about photo photography in general. And I want to break all the rules when they don't make sense. And so I started to learn that about myself. And it's why I have all those weird lenses. <laughs> it's why I kept trying to push the limit and do whatever everyone was saying not to do. Even so much as um, to defy the, the order that, oh, your business should be about 90% business and 10% art. And I was. Like, no, no, I'm in this for the art. I'm always in this for the art. So regardless, I mean, I'm not loaded. Nobody knows me. I'm not doing, you know, I'm not this big business woman and I've, I'm okay with that. Um, based on what you've just heard, I've learned about my boundaries, my limits, and I can't be up here. Yeah. I always have to be down here. So my, you know, with my, with my wedding work and my, Clients and stuff, with my experiments with my personal projects, which is where Len's baby has come into play um, over the years, I have all the freedom I want and I have all of the the when I look at the rules of photography like, oh, we have to frame this way or you know make sure the hands are perfectly molded, like I sort of just got so bored with all of those things, I'm like, that's not what I want to do. Like I see a lot of the same work over and over again. And I, in the wedding industry, and then everyone was blogging and everyone's wedding and like you start to see everyone's work is looking the same and it can be really hard to separate yourself. So I, I was always trying to shoot that way. Like I'm trying to, you know, separate myself and whether or not I was succeeding, I don't know, but I was definitely trying. And then lens baby came along and you were always around. I mean, I, I had one with my old Canon, but I, I didn't, I didn't play with it enough. It was probably like the orig- original, muse
0: mm-hmm.
1: or something. I sent it to my friend. She has a Canon. Um <laughs> you gotta pass it along, pay it forward. Um, so the, really the, the velvet 56 was the first baby that I really explored. And, um, I'm, I'm still exploring it. We, (laughs) we have plans. Um, it's just been, and I love, I love the creative freedom I have with something that isn't normal because it's like, it's forcing you to think about something else. Every single piece that, that you've given to us has something unique to it. And I still don't know all the pieces, you know, and it's really fun to explore that. And it's taught, it's taught me that it's better to, it's sometimes better to make a mistake because that's when you find the magic. Hmm. So I the things I stumble across because I think this plan of mine is going to work and then I start to do it and it's like ugh, you know and so as you're rearranging and you you come on to something right that's kind of how it is every time I set aside a model and a camera and a lens baby and just put those things together we always find something new hmm. always so- and So what I'm,
0: what I'm struck with is it seems like the, the really big, significant kind of, you know, earth-shaking fears that immobilize many of us for a time that you pushing through that has made you somewhat fearless. Like you're, you don't really care about what people think you should be shooting is what I'm hearing. And so those little fears are like, yeah, whatever. You know, somebody can look at my work or my business and say I'm doing it wrong. That's okay. Is that, is that, a, is that a good take?
1: Yeah, they can because, you know, and it's, forgive me, but I get, and it's a few times, and it's come across in some of the ads. I've had, had people comment on photos that you guys have used in ad work, you know, photos that i created. I got a temp. I got a little bit. I get salty. Okay, I get salty <laughs> when someone comes to the table to critique something. I'm like, and I have, I have, and I try. Oh, thank you so much for stopping by. Uh, we did this because. Then other times, I'm just like, what man? What'd you come here for? I. It's like I don't care, but I also don't want you to be negative about art. Like, I have a very strong opinion about, uh, strong feelings about, you know, art being subjective. And the whole point is to see in a new way, I'm, I'm doing, this is what I saw that day. If I went back there, that, I mean, that was, that was five years ago, you know. I can't, I mean, I'm not going to explain something <laughs> I shot five years ago. I think I actually said that one time. I'm not going to explain this. Um, but, yeah, I mean, especially when I had, so... I wanted to leave the coal a lot long, a lot earlier than I, than I got to. And, and it it resulted in me just not being, not growing as much, like not, there was so much about the world that I didn't understand, um, for a very long time, but I always wanted out since, since my teen years, since I can remember, even though I didn't really know that that was what I was wanting. So yeah, I have an aversion to certain things. And one of those is just organized rule and for no good reason. So for me, it's like, it really is, I'm fighting it every step of the way. So if, forgive me, you got an old geezer there like, oh, that's not sharp enough. Or I need F4 or this or that. I'm like, Ser- seriously, I'm going to sleep. I'm going to fall asleep. we done that for decades photography has been super sharp and crisp for decades like give us what we want give us our velvet glow and I will challenge anyone who says that that they're not sharp wide open they are you're just not doing it right you know I'll I'll defend that till I die uh there's nothing wrong with those lenses but it just yeah I I do I feel very passionate about the whole point of everything you've created is to give people something new to think about Something, a, a new creative way to discover. And it's working, you know, it's an amazing world. The Lens Baby world is just incredible. And so, yeah, I, I mean, like, I have to laugh at, at, at some of these um, individuals that come to the party to criticize. And it's like, that is the exact opposite of what we're trying to do here. We're trying to uplift artists, give people interesting tools, and um, hopefully, helpful tips on how to, you know, achieve some cool things that you can't do with other gear. You just can't, you've got stuff that nobody else has. And that's, you know, that's really, that's really awesome. So it keeps me going.
0: Well, you're, you're going strong, Rachel, the, you and I met at a Parker Pfister Mm -hmm. workshop in Asheville, North Carolina. And from the get-go i just realized oh my goodness she sees no limits like like rachel just it sees possibility everywhere and uh and that's why i love sending you a brand new lens to test because i know you're going to find things that i never saw and that that you know our users are going to discover eventually maybe Um, you know, some of them will, but will they share it? And you're, you're so open and like excited about what's possible. And I, I love that. And that's, you know, that's really what photography is, is about nothing, nothing we're going to photograph has happened yet. And so everything is about possibility and you seem to approach life that way. And, and it's, it's fun. It's fun to know you.
1: Oh, thank you. I mean, honestly, I, I think the photography industry can be very competitive. Um, I've seen that from the beginning. I mean, I definitely was, you know, I've, I've been yelled at by an old man that's ready to retire and frustrated that the whole industry has changed. I had nothing to do with, you know, Uh, it's, there's been huge shifts in this industry for sure. And I just feel like I, I would rather be on the sharing side. I don't want to, I'm not your competition. I don't want to be anyone's competition, not in my art, not in with my wedding work. Like, so I I do want to be a teacher. I do want to be the person that shares the unique things I find because um, it keeps people picking up their camera, you know? And if it brings me that much joy to create something, to discover something, then I know other people will feel that way too. Yeah. yeah, there's no there's nothing more satisfying when you're as an artist, when you, you have a breakthrough, whether it be from the particular gear or you discovered out some lighting thing or you follow your knees down into this little hollow hollow <laughs> cave of a tree down to the side of the creek. Yeah, it's a pretty spot, and we're shooting. And then I turn around and I was like, no, no, that's the spot. And that was the Omni Color System female huh. blast photo, the silhouette of her in the dress. And Omni Color thing is just my favorite thing you did with Omni, and I'm obsessed with it. And that shot was just the best thing, my favorite thing that I did on that whole beta experience. Wow. And if I hadn't just gone with my niece, to, okay, we'll check this. Out, I wouldn't have seen that, and I wouldn't have maybe even tried to make a silhouette. Right,
0: right.
1: But it was, you know. So yeah, I I listen to my clients. I listen to my my muses. Um, I like to coordinate with them, get their ideas. I'm not afraid to let my um, subjects help come up with some ideas. I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not the only person creating. And that's important. That's a thing that photographers can also, I, you know, I can see get hung up on. Like, they wouldn't want to take their clients or someone's suggestion. But I think if you work with people long enough, you know, you get that relationship. Um, but I get more, way more ideas from non photographers sometimes, and they don't even know what they're. Do you remember? You remember the bokeh experiment experiment with the velvets, the front bokeh? Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: While well, I was looking through and showing some some of my nieces, the little ones, um, the photos that we had created, um, doing that technique, and they really they want their own portrait like that. Okay, so we got to figure this out. What, what color do you want? Because you know I'm gelling the lights, and the little <laughs> the youngest one is like. She's deciding between pink or purple, and then she's like, "Oh wait, no, rainbow! I want yeah. rainbow." Yeah, and I'm like, "I gotta get seven flashes." Um, but I didn't. I this idea, this idea has not been implemented yet. I'm just telling everybody that I'm about to try it. I'm gonna give her this rainbow, bokeh <laughs> extravaganza someday if it kills me, but. <laughs> I just, what a cool idea, right? I mean, yeah. she's five, but now I, now I'm, I'm working on it and it will, it will happen because I want it to happen.
0: So, so describe, describe your front bokeh. What, what did you do? What was your setup? And, um, and, and, uh, you know, the, the collaboration that you're talking about with your niece is so great. And, but, but talk about that since, since we don't have slides up.
1: So, um, with the uh, velvets, everybody sees the cool rear bokeh, meaning the bokeh that happens uh, with dappled light, you got to have like bits of light with those with those lenses um, for that to really glow. So you get that bokeh glow in the background, right? That's behind your subject mm-hmm. if you're focusing on the eyes. So front mm-hmm. bokeh would be anything in front of your focal plane,
0: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. plane of focus, right? Um, I was holding up, it was a glittery fabric. I was doing close-ups of her face. The fabric was sparkly, so I knew we were going to get that glow. And I just pulled it to the side. And so the the fabric being glittery, the light hit it, and it created those bokehs in the front. If I don't light them up and I don't put them in the frame, you're not going to see them. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's a very specific setup. And which is why it took us a whole other year to go back to that concept and nail it again. But you know, it was well worth it.
0: And and so, um, to, to describe that bokeh in the foreground. Like what? what just, how is it different?
1: They're sharper. Okay. They're bigger, and they're they're like uh, they're like. Crisp, full-on circles, and there's so, so they're like bubbles, like yeah, the definitely foreground. bubbles. And because if I, because it was a glittery fabric and just like line after line, I mean, there's just mm-hmm. millions of bubbles. Like, yeah, you could really go nuts with this, especially with macro photography. Um, yeah, for sure. So I I can't wait. Which we tried to do. I tried to do the rainbow concept uh-huh. with that other project we did recently, and I quickly really realized that they're what my concept which is why I haven't completed the rainbow (laughs) concept because my first try ended in what 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 I already posted. And hey, you know, that was a beautiful job that we did. And I'm so I'm so super proud of it. But Evie Joy wants all seven colors and she's going to get them.
0: That's awesome. I love I love that window into your process with your with your clients because I know in the past you've had clients uh request lens baby stuff and there's been you know because you've shown that work before um and and it's just i mean it just shows that the risks that you're taking uh are are paying off and resonating and that's what a great thing for for a business person and and an artist
1: yeah i wish i i had more time at weddings Mm -hmm. to to do that. And usually what ends up happening is I, I don't, uh, the last thing I want to do is um, take a bit more extra time. Yeah. Um, and I'm very casual with my wedding clients. I don't, um, I let their day, I let them decide what their day is, you know, I'm there to guide them and, and help them belong, but I want them to enjoy their day. Um, so there's no script that I'm running. And a lot of times we get 10 minutes, you know? So yeah, it's, it can be a challenge, but I've I've learned to, for the most part, separate it because that way I have ultimate freedom on one side and ultimate responsibility to my clients on the other side. Mm-hmm. So that's why I have this kind of, weird gulf between my personal work and my wedding work and i don't maybe i maybe that needs to be my goal for for this next year is to buck up you know why haven't i been bringing more lens baby to the table at weddings i mean i used to but then it got to be like oh i'm carrying all this gear around you know
0: yeah you you
1: saw my bag i brought like 10 lenses to a workshop for <laughs> I mean, I was like all in and it's like I could go nuts at any event and I just have had to like rein it in because I, you know, I I do I do light receptions with off-camera flash and I, you know, I'm not all this gear I'm carrying around, but sure. maybe that should be my goal this year is like, okay, bring just bring one, you know.
0: Well, I love that this has come full circle from some really big, significant fears in your life to actually—you seem like a superhero, fearless <laughs> uh, when it comes to actually taking risk risks in ways that a lot of us feel anxiety about. Like putting stuff out there that's different is anxiety-producing, and um, for you, like it's a small fear, uh, and and yet at the same time, you're also still challenging yourself to say. Hey, maybe this is something that uh, I should pay attention to, as far as doing more uh, creative um, lens work at weddings and and enjoying that more, and and serving yourself and serving your clients. Um, I I so appreciate the conversation that you have opened up here today with us and given us a window into your experience and how fear has helped motivate you to do some great things and to grow as a person. And, uh, it really helps us all.
1: Awesome. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you stay to the end and you're watching this, uh, and you're afraid of something, just do it, <laughs> just make that mistake and learn from it because it, the, the reward on the other side is pretty awesome. And Craig, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I, I really enjoyed it. Um, I didn't even know this about myself i gotta put this together but you know thank you for pulling it out of me
0: oh you're welcome yeah and i'm I'm
1: not a superhero because this is one-on-one you can't if there was like even 10 people i would not be able to speak like that fear is still very real so thank you for giving me this opportunity to speak when i normally would not be able to use my voice at all
0: you're very welcome rachel it's, it's an honor to, to have a conversation with you and,
1: oh, thank and you.
0: hear Same. how you're facing life. It's an inspiration. Thanks. Thanks for joining me for the Moving Through Fear podcast, where we explore what it means to move through fear to discover extraordinary creative freedom.